Hello and welcome to The Story, a podcast where great stories are shared and told. Do you love being immersed in drama, romance and suspense? Do you like to forget about the world you live in and step into someone else's world? Do you like to fall in love with characters that seem so real that you can identify with them and you just can't stop thinking about them? Well, you have come to the right place. This is a podcast that does just that. I narrate my second book, Rise of a Source Survival, where each week I read out a chapter of my book and I encourage other writers to join me in sharing some of the stories they have written. It's all about support and listening to a good story. So join us and embark on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the podcast. We are episode 22 today and it will be yet another drama-filled chapter. So I hope you're really liking the book so far. I also hope you've had a wonderful week. I had a friend come and visit. Now she lives in another town and it took her a three-day drive to get to my house. She's a beautiful person and really needed the time to visit with some close friends. We had a wonderful couple of days together, and I think how lucky I am to have such a lovely friend. I also wanted to share with you that my publisher has advised that Rise of Us Saw the Beginning, which was my first book and season one of the podcast, will be released next September. And oh my God, I really can't wait. The quote for this week, relates to friendship. Friendship is not a big thing, it's a million little things. This is a gorgeous quote and it relates to all the wonderful friends you may have. You don't have to have a huge amount of friends, just one who has, who always has your back and is there for you. I hope you all have a special person that this speaks about. Sometimes it can be a family member and you are lucky to be not only related to them, but share a special friendship. Now let's do a quick recap of last week's episode, A Second Chance. Eleanor survives her attack by clawing her way back to the main camp. Eleanor's family are left reeling from the shock of seeing her battered body, which leads to the curse on Merrick being broken. Eleanor is heartbroken when she learns that one of the twins may have died. Eleanor forgives and reconnects with Merrick. However, she cannot forget his relationship with Zuri. Zuri and her companions are banished from the village and Amzi begs, begs for her to be forgiven. However, Zuri boldly shows no remorse for what she has done. The seer is growing fearful of the looming battle with the Asaur and scouts have just ridden in to advise that the Asura are on the move and accompanied by humans who it appears are helping them. One of them is Zuri and the other a former counsellor, Renko. The episode ends with the seer and Ada preparing to mind travel to seek out Dardanos. I can't wait for you all to listen to this episode. So get comfy everybody and enjoy.
Anja insisted on Ada and the seer on having a meal before they went into their world of mind travel. She had concerns about Ada trying to erase Suri's memories, but could understand the importance of it. The seer pushed his food around. His worry was beginning to build, and he was barely able to hold the panic that threatened to overtake him. He looked up at Anja as she congratulated Ludwig on how well he had done with cooking yet another meal. He sighed. There was so much to lose. The very fabric of humanity hung on the decisions they would be making. We must go and meditate now, Anja. Enough of the chit-chat. The seer had taken on a serious tone as he stood. Ludwig has made another batch of the tea. The seer gave her a brief smile. Bring it to the room, please, Anja. Without another word, he left the table, making his way to the room where they would be meditating. Ada travelled through the forest. She could smell the burning timber and hear the silent screams of the trees as they were burnt alive. She shuddered at hearing their cries of agonising pain. Nobody gave a second thought to a tree burning, but their agony was real. She gave a silent prayer to the gods, acknowledging that they were as much of their creation as the humans that walked the earth. She saw Zuri sitting cross-legged near some other people. They were eating and silently talking to one another. She took a quick scan, searching for Ranko, but could not locate him. She paused before she entered the young woman's mind. She wanted to be sure that no other entity had picked up on her presence. One of the Asaur was nearby, struggling to stay awake as he stood watch over the humans. Ada took a breath and moved into the mind of the woman who had stolen her father's heart. Images and memories bombarded her, and she pushed them away until she came across one that had reference to where she had lived. The secret valley came to view, a strong memory with Merrick at the forefront. Ada quickly blurred it, giving her an image of Eichenbrook's village. She knew she would question and be confused on why she had this memory, as she was not from his vi this village. Her people were horse people, her brother's village. Ada had no memory of this village, as she had never been to it, and could not replace it with her own memories. Suddenly, she felt another, as if something had picked up on her presence. Fear gripped her. It was strong. It was a strong presence she had never felt before. Quickly, she backed away, fleeing and praying that whatever it was did not have the time to work out who she was. Ada? The seer shook the young woman gently. Ada blinked and opened her eyes, gasping as she sat up. What is it? Did you erase her memory? The seer's weathered face came into view as she grew accustomed to her surroundings. She nodded. There was another. The seer raised an eyebrow. Who? She shook her head. I don't know. It was strong. I've never felt it before. Ada slumped back onto the cushions. She was exhausted. Something had tried to find out who she was, and it was powerful, so powerful, it sent a shiver down her spine. The seer noticed her shiver. We are in grave danger, Ada. 
whatever it was, was quick enough to not only pick up on you, but to try and find out who you were. You were only gone ten minutes. Ada frowned. She thought that it had been longer. You are right. To be so careful, they know we are watching them. A and I was careful. We need to find the Queen as soon as possible. Sia sat back on the soft cushions, thinking about the next mind travel they'd be doing. Ada, do you remember what the ancient tree told you? She nodded. Yes, she is close to us, and we have to be careful. They know we are after them, and she is their leader. I just need a drink of water, and we can try and find her. Ada rang it, ran her tongue over her lips. The seer poured her a drink, a drink from the water jug that Ludwig had provided. He then moved to the large, he then moved the large teapot side to side to mix the leaves that helped them find clarity as their minds explored the world around them without their physical bodies. Take a break, have some tea. Putting his concerns aside, the seer tried to alleviate Ada's fears. She offered him a tight smile and took the cup he offered. Eleanor laid on the bed as Serenity felt her stomach. She tisked and clucked as she usually did, moving her hands over her exposed belly. Eleanor raised her head, trying to catch the healer's eye. She continued her examination, ignoring Eleanor's questioning gaze. Eleanor laid her head back down, letting out a loud sigh. Baby has grown, but still small, and I still can't feel the other one. She continued to feel Eleanor's belly frowning. What is it? Eleanor was curious and wanting to find out what the healer was thinking. She knew she was not telling her everything. Serenity removed her hands from Eleanor's abdomen, faced her patient. I don't want to get your hopes up, she began. Eleanor pushed herself into a sitting position, waiting for the healer to tell her more. I think I felt something, but I'm not sure if it was the other baby or if it is the bigger one laying in an awkward position. So I could still be having two babies? Serenity had gone to the bowl of water she kept for washing her hands after examining patients. She did not answer Eleanor straight away. Instead, she finished washing her hands before sitting in the chair beside the bed. I'm going to be honest with you, Nori, she said gently. Eleanor felt her heart skip a beat and fear clutch at her. I think you probably do have two babies, but odds are either one is very small and may not make it, or it may have already died. Eleanor felt her heart sink. Tears began to well and run down her cheeks. Serenity embraced her. I have to tell you the truth, Nori. Please don't cry, child. Shush. Eleanor pushed herself away, wiped her face on the cloth Serenity handed. She thanked the healer and left, making her way to where Catcher and Kriya were staying. Merrick had finally finished the small home that was originally promised to her, and since she had moved back with Merrick, it was now Catcher's and Kriya's. 
Priya had built a garden at the front of the small timber home, giving it a welcoming feeling. The female warrior was sitting on the small porch, sharpening her sword, and broke out into a huge grin when she saw Eleanor. Bree, what a lovely surprise! She stood giving her sister-in-law a warm embrace. Ada was here just yesterday to see how Catcher was getting along. His wound has healed nicely, and he jokes with Ulrich about having them having matching scars. I'm glad Ada is spending time with him. We are preparing the weddings in a few days' time. Yes, I am excited. Ada will live here, and I will have another female in the house. I can understand, Kriya, and I will have two children who will be married. The two women made their way inside, and Kriya made some tea. I'm not much of a cook, Nori. I prefer to be out practising the sword. Another reason Ada will make a wonderful house companion, she softly chuckled. Eleanor smiled and sipped the tea Kriya had made. She continued to chat to her younger sister-in-law about the wedding preparations. It helped them keep their minds off the looming war with the Asaur. Eleanor left the small cosy home, feeling more relaxed than when she had first arrived. The afternoon was warm and part of her wanted to go to the river. She'd not been there since the incident with Zuri. She sighed and wondered if she should have asked Kriya to go with her. She didn't feel like turning back and decided to head for home. Maybe Anja would feel like a swim. The tunnels were wide and dark, a long, never-ending empty void. The seer and Ada were flying blind, trusting only their sense of smell and hearing. As the tunnel wound and twisted itself, a strong, pungent smell began to fill their senses. Ada coughed and spluttered. The smell was overpowering and brought a deep feeling of death. The seer was beside her, trying to calm her, as she fought the urge to turn back and flee. Don't let it consume you. Rise above it. You have to be stronger. She could not answer him, instead focusing on bringing her mind under control as panic began to take hold. The smell grew stronger and she struggled to breathe. Her mind began to wane as the seer's voice was fading. Leave! The booming voice blasted in her mind. The panic that was barely under control rose and crashed over her like a giant wave of terror. She screamed and fled back through the blinding tunnel, her only wish to be reunited with her physical body. Anja felt her granddaughter's panic before she heard her screams. She threw the piece of clothing she'd been folding back into the basket and rushed into the room where Ada and the seer were using. Ada's screams filled the house as Eleanor entered through the front door. A sick feeling clutched at her as she heard her daughter's distressed shrieks. Something has gone wrong, she thought as she too raced into their room. Anja was cradling the young woman like a baby as she continued to screech. The seer still had not returned to his body as Eleanor knelt beside her daughter. What's happening? I don't know, Anja said as she spoke to Ada in soothing, soothing tones. Should I go and get married? Eleanor felt helpless. 
There was nothing she could do except watch her daughter in her distraught state. Anja nodded. She knew it would help Eleanor feel like she was doing something, and Merrick would offer support when they returned. Eleanor left the house, her mind racing to where her husband could be. She made her way to the main camp and desperately searched for him. The memory of Huxley going through a similar fate sent a shiver down her spine. He too had seen things she could never dream of. She noticed a man with dark hair standing with his back to her. Sabin. He would know where Merrick was. They'd been spending more time together, reconnecting their friendship. Sabin. She called breathlessly. She found it hard to run. Her belly was getting heavy, making it difficult. He turned around at the sound of his name and frowned when he noticed Eleanor's anxious look. Where is Merrick? Ada and the seer have been mind-travelling, and Ada is in trouble, she gasped. Sabin felt the fear Eleanor gave off, and he quickly looked for his best friend. Aye, he was here just a minute ago, said, it he, ne said he needed a toilet break. Sabin swept his gaze towards the tall grass that framed the campsite. Suddenly, he saw Merrick emerge as he quickly waved him over. Merrick frowned as he saw his wife and Sabin standing together, both with a look of worry on their faces. It was not like Sabin to be troubled, making the situation even more concerning. Merrick, thank the gods! Quick ye! Must come, Ada is in trouble! Merrick did not wait to ask questions. Instead, he grabbed his sword and raced to his home with Sabin and Eleanor trailing behind. Ada was sobbing when they entered the room. Her face was pale and sweat beaded on her forehead. She was speaking incoherently as Angel continued to rock her. Eleanor stole a quick glance at the seer, who still had not returned. She swallowed her fear as she knelt beside Merrick, again feeling helpless as she watched her child struggle. Sabin stood awkwardly, and for the first time in his life, he could not think of anything to say. How long has this been going on for? Merrick demanded. About half an hour, something has scared her. We just have to wait until she calms down and gets her thoughts under control. Ada began to shake and gasp, fighting for breath. Eleanor began to weep. Sabin, take Eleanor out to the kitchen and get her something. Get her to make some of the sleeping tea quick. Sabin gently grabbed Eleanor's arm and helped her to her feet. She let herself be led out to the kitchen and numbly made the tea. Sabin, can you please carry it to Angie? I can't go back in there. I can't see her like that. Aye, Nori, ye sit down I, and have some of that tea you made, Ada. Patted her arm as she sat down at the kitchen table. The seer felt Ada turn and flee before his mind became clouded, overcome with the darkness that was spawned from evil and he could not escape it. The control in which he possessed was slowly disintegrating, squashing all rational thoughts as he descended into a gloomy abyss. He did not know how long he was in the empty void, but as his senses returned, he heard voices, the awareness of touch. The seer opened his eyes and familiar faces swam in front of him. He gasped 
and drew in a long breath as he attempted to sit up. Easy now. Been out cold for a bit. Saban's accent was strong as he made sense of what he was saying. As he looked around the room, he noticed Merrick and Anja with Ada. She was weeping, her face strained of colour. The memory of the tunnel and the sickening smell they had smelt before Ada had panicked came back to him. His mind tumbled and turned as he tried to make sense of it all. Is she coherent? His voice came out slurred, as if he had been drugged. Merrick and Anja looked over at him, and Anja offered him a warm smile. She will be soon. I've made her drink some tea that will help relax her. She just needs time. Merrick stood and ran his fingers through his hair. He felt like they were vulnerable, all of them, including the whole village. The thought that the Asaur knew where they were and were waiting to attack them terrified him. I'm going to see Nori. He left before they had time to answer. Eleanor was sitting hunched at the kitchen table. An empty mug. How is she? She asked as Merrick sat down beside her. She is getting better, Merrick replied. Once again, he ran his hands through his hair. Eleanor had become to know this as one of his nervous habits. What is on your mind other than Ada? Merrick glanced his jaw. I think they know where we are, and they're just waiting to pounce, he said in a low tone. Eleanor sat up and thought about what Merrick had just told her. Something inside her agreed with him. What are we going to do? she asked him quietly. Again he ran his hands through his hair and rubbed his chin. Not sure. I have to talk to the seer when he's up for it. And our daughter. The seer is awake? I mean, he has come back? Eleanor felt relief flood over her as Merrick nodded. Maybe I should make him a tea or bring him food. Saban came into the kitchen as she finished her sentence. Aye, Nori, I think I need some tea. The seer will be out in a minute, and I reckon he'll want the tea and food. Eleanor gave him a brief smile. How is Ada? Aye, Nori Merrick, you have a fighter there, that's for sure. Stopped crying, and is starting to converse. Maybe put some food on for her too. Eleanor rose and began to prepare a casserole. She frowned. Where is Ludwig? She'd temporarily forgotten the faithful servant and was surprised that he was not bustling around the kitchen. Saban was unable to help himself as he let out a soft chuckle. Hi, Nori, here's with Emsie. As you know, he loves horses and he couldn't help but go and get acquainted with them. Eleanor felt herself smile. Ludwig loved horses and she could understand his desire to check out the best horses in the land. She busied herself making food as Merrick and Saban chatted about how they could outsmart the Assault. Merrick had revealed to Saban that he thought this Assault already knew where they were. Saban agreed. He too had, a had the similar feeling. After she finished making the food, the seer, Anja and Ada had made their way to the table. Eleanor took a long look at her daughter. Her face was deathly white and tear-stained. She looked as if she'd been to Helen back. She served them food and poured water from the jug 
along with placing the heavy black kettle filled with tea in the middle of the table. She sat and the seer offered a prayer to the gods before they ate the food that Merrick's wife had served. When they had finished their meal, they cleared the table. Anja helped Eleanor with the dishes and poured the tea. What happened to you both? It was a question that was on everybody's mind and begged to be answered. Thea took a deep breath and cast a quick look over at Ada. Colour had begun to return to her face and she gave him a brief nod, indicating she was okay. I'm not sure, to be honest. I feel we are up against something much bigger than we anticipated. And his voice trailed, his voice trailed off. Something got into my head, Ada said. Something got into mine too, the seer added. They demanded that I leave. I shuddered at the memory. If it was the Asaur, why didn't they just attack and kill you? Eleanor asked. Buzz, dear child, that would be too easy for them. I think they want a battle. We are a prize to them, something they can tease and torment before striking us when we least expect it, the seer told them thoughtfully. What do we do now? Merrick began to fidget uncomfortably. The knowledge that he was not in control did not sit well. We will be on the lookout, and we will gather as many forces as we can. Merrick frowned. I thought we had as many as we could, and isn't that what we've been doing these last past couple of months? We need more. We don't have enough. Angel will mind travel and find more if there is any. After Ada and I have recovered, we will try and find their queen again. I don't know how to reach her. She is still the key to this whole monstrous mess. The seer appeared angry. His calm demeanour had vanished. Eleanor was concerned for the ancient man and had a feeling he was growing impatient. Maybe they are wanting us to make a foolish move. I mean, it's like they're taunting us. The seer reflected on Eleanor's words. It made sense. Well, I guess we'll beat them at their own game. Two will wait, and unbeknown to them, we will gather and prepare an army. We will locate their queen and their king, and we will bring them down. The seer's words brought a smile to Merrick, and he chuckled. A man after my own heart. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care, everyone, and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.